Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. TGIF, thank God it's Friday and uh, hopefully we have a good weekend. Except they're thinking that the, the fires from... Uh, from Canada, might affect us again. Uh, yeah, there's a, they're saying maybe again today. Orange sky, uh, I mean, orange sky, sky right? another apocalypse. I mean, this but not is as unbelievable. Bad as last time they said not as bad as last time, but they're still saying to brace and get ready, everybody. I mean, that is an don't amazing breathe. mission. Make sure you don't breathe on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, I'll hold my breath. I'll <laughs> hold my breath till Sunday. Monday. In the studios, <laughs> in the studios is Richard Weinberg, uh, judge. Uh, we have Ed Cox, New York State Chairman, and Governor David Patterson. And I want to know, is it better to go to the Hamptons on this weekend with the orange uh, stuff coming or stay in New York? It's always better in the Hamptons. I gotta go, I'm, go, I'm, going better, I'm going to Buffalo, so. Oh, you, I, well, don't I don't know about that. I love Buffalo, but I'm not sure if this is and, the time. And, and we have a special guest star in the studio with us for the next few minutes to tell us about AM radio. We have Chad Lopez. President of WABC, he spent half the week up in in Washington talking to every politician up there. Will AM radio survive? Well, I'm here to tell you, good, e- good evening. I'm here to good tell evening. you that, uh, that AM radio is alive and will survive, right? Um, for the first now, you time. you met Senator Schumer, you uh, met uh, Jerry Nadler. It was yeah. bipartisan. It was Democrats and Republicans. Yes, this bill has bipartisan support. Um, it's the AM in Every Vehicle Act, 3413 and 1669. Those are important numbers because in, in at the White House, I'm sorry, you know, uh, at the Hill, it was so hard for both sides to argue this bill, right? So everyone knows that the electric cars, they're trying to take them out of uh, the AM vehicles. I'm sorry, they're t- taking out AM radio out of these vehicles because they're, they're claiming there's interference. Well, there is no interference. John, you, you started this. It's Schumer. Well, you, the, you FTC, started it. the FTC told us there's no right. interference. Yes, they said there's and no interference. And it was a $30, $30 attachment that would clear up any interference. Right. Yeah, so, and by the way, it's an, an important thing. The thing we want to remind everybody as we're talking about Orange Sky and all these crazy things. Emergencies. It is an emergency. Emergencies. It is the lifeline. That's why it we got to keep AM, AM radio. radio to super stations like WABC Radio yes. hit 97% of the American people. No other. If the internet goes down, if the grid goes down, Correct. guess what? The American people are sitting there with their thumbs in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. they have and, nowhere to go. And, I mean, you need to have that source of information. It's insane. Absolutely. The uh, they were saying with the balloons that were coming over. If there was an EMP on one of those balloons, it would have knocked out all of the the uh, streaming Verizon satellite. Uh, you know, all of that would have been knocked out. And if we had uh, cars that only had the streaming, and that's where you can get AM radio from. Right. We wouldn't have been able to alert anyone of anything that's going on. Wow, an so, EMP, electromagnetic yes, pulse, yes, obviously, so yes. people know what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So the AM radios, there's 26 AM radios across the country that are shored up by FEMA, right? So they harden these sites to make sure that they're... And WABC is one of them. WABC is the primary entry point for the country to push it out. So okay. this, year, wow. this year, WABC is going to be 
doing their 102nd anniversary. Wow, yeah. we look good for 102. Yes, and you know what? And um, they were thankful. And when I tell you both sides, bipartisan, they were thankful that the call letters were put in the right hands and someone actually went to Washington and said, hey, we can't have this happen. We just got to remember one thing. If this comes out of the car, just like Hurricane Sandy, the blackout, you knew that you couldn't make a call on a cell phone, right? It was hard to get through. So what, what did people do? I know I went to the car, turned my car on, and went to the AM dial to see what was going on, right? So that's how important this is. If the manufacturers, why are they really doing this? They're doing this not for the nine ninety nine subscription. They're doing it really for the data. Because if they can get the person in the car and control everything and take AM radio out, they can't control what happens on there, but they can control it if it's coming through the streaming that's the play. That's what they're selling. They're selling the data. That's- and some people believe they're trying to block out certain type of talk, too, as well, too, you know, to have all sides. Uh, that, that, that it, depends. It, it depends if you're a Republican conspiracy theorist or a Democratic conspiracy theorist. Yeah, it depends which kind. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. But listen, I am a person right in the middle. I believe in common sense Democrats, common sense Republicans. So I don't care. But AM radio deserves to live. Absolutely. And bravo to what you did down there, my friend. That's great. Thank you. I I will leave you with this. If you look at some of the cars, look at Volvo, look at all these companies. There's one of these companies that are owned by a certain group of people. I'm not going to tell you what that company is. I'll tell you. That's a hint. Volvo doesn't want to do any AM radios. It's owned by the Chinese. Ah, I'm glad you called them out, John Katsimatidis. Good for you. And if AM radio was to go away, we would be get, taking it away from government control, right? Government, they can get on the EAS system across the country within 10 minutes and inform over 90% of the country of what's going on. So if that were to happen and we were relying yeah. on, you know, satellite. Wow. Yep. We're and the satellite trouble. goes down, what happens? Well, thank you, Chad. Right. So and important. Later on, by the way, we have uh, uh, Curtis Lewa coming on. And by the and, way. And he wants to talk about what's going on with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I understand they are going to, what, they, they, they're going to honor a group that hates Catholics and hates Christians. This is amazing. It's called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. It's their pride night, but this group is per- sisters of perpetual indulgence. And is indulgence. They, they never stop having sex? Uh, by the way, if you see what they're doing, it's disgusting, John. They're basically like twerking on the cross. All these Catholic groups around the country are furious, and, John. By the way. And kids go to the ballpark. I mean, John, it's amazing. Monday, we got to get to the bottom of this. The whales. I love our whales, and they're dying. And Monday, we have to have a story on that. And we have to have a story on what's going on with the Suffolk water supply. Big stuff. Me and David Patterson and Ed Cox and and, and Judge Weinberg, we're all, all in Suffolk County on weekends. That's a big deal, what's <laughs> happened to the water supply drink, in Suffolk. Don't drink big the water. Deal. I'm going to drink water in New York City deal. this weekend, okay? <laughs> you're going to drink bottled water, take it with you from New York City. <laughs> now, I understand. Uh, We've got Miranda Devine. Well, bring her back. You bet. We've got the great Miranda Devine. New York Post columnist and Miranda, there is so much going on uh, in the Hunter Biden case and obviously with Devin Archer. Walk us through Devin Archer. This guy, of course, is a key business associate, a former associate of Hunter Biden, and he's in talks with the House Oversight Committee. The floodgates may open. Take us there. Yes, hi everybody. Yeah, Devin Archer is um, Hunter Biden's former business partner, who Hunter once described as his best friend in business. 
but who was completely thrown under the bus and abandoned by the Bidens. And he's ended up uh, holding the can for this failed business, one of the many businesses that um, he and Hunter Biden were involved in. And, of course, Hunter Biden um, was vice chairman of that business and earned some money from it, but he was uh, you know, not deemed to be involved by the prosecutors. And so Devin Archer is going to jail. And uh, he um, has agreed to speak to James Comer. I mean, he, he has already been, um, uh, you know, I guess you call it cooperating with the authorities anyway, but he's agreed to talk to the Oversight Committee. Um, I think that's going to be next week. And he will have a lot to say, but, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that it's going to be a complete smoking gun because um, Hunter Biden, you know, that he didn't, he was involved with some of the Ukraine stuff and some of the early Chinese stuff, but he wasn't involved with the later Chinese stuff, which uh, that was Tony Bobulinski's. Um, Valley By the way, did you see um, uh, Miranda Devine that uh, Hunter testified in uh, sort of they're calling it the baby mama case, if you will. Yeah. Uh, tell us about uh, was there anything there because she was going after the finances. That's why it was kind of interesting saying he wasn't paying child support, but it opened the door to his finances sort of potentially being on display. Yes, well, uh Hunter Biden had to fly to Little Rock, Arkansas today for a deposition in that case that um, in front of a a judge uh, where Hunter Biden is trying to reduce the amount that he is paying to the mother of his unacknowledged child. Um, And that mother was a stripper that he met in Washington, D.C. And uh, he had a, a long relationship with her, even put her on the payroll of his company. And um, then he pretended that he couldn't remember her and that the child wasn't his. And she had to take him to court, do a DNA test, and finally got $20,000 a month child support. He's now trying to get get that reduced. And so the judge in Arkansas is saying, well, if you want it reduced, you have to prove that you're as broke as you pretend you are. And Hunter Biden, of course, shows up in a private jet, the last appearance, um, he's living in a $25,000 a month place in Malibu, or was until recently, um, and uh, it, you know doesn't seem to have any visible means of support apart from these sort of paintings. Um, and his $2.8 million tax bill was paid by a friend called Kevin Morris, a, a Hollywood entertainment lawyer. And so um, that's why London Roberts and her lawyer are saying, come on, don't tell us that you're broke when you live this lavish lifestyle and so Hunter today has been forced under threat of contempt and being thrown in jail in Arkansas he's had to basically open the kimono on all his financials so we don't know yet what he's told them but uh, London Roberts showed up in that deposition so um, which is unusual but it also puts pressure on Hunter because she knows what she knows and she he knows that she knows so he can't really dodge it I can't wait to see the reporting when that comes out. I mean, that could be that could be really interesting. Um, and she says he hasn't been paying uh, the baby that they what it was a DNA test. Well, he right? has paid. He has he has been paying, but now he wants to pay less. And she's saying, well, I, you know, I, why should you pay less? You know, you you've got all this hidden money, and he's yeah, saying, I can I understand that. Well, he's got yeah. these tens of millions of dollars, and he wants to pay a couple of nickels and dimes less. To, 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 to the woman that has his baby? 
Well, he may have spent all the money, you see. You you know that he had such an expensive, ridiculous lifestyle where he was doing crack and uh, spending money on hookers and living in uh, a ridiculous hotel rooms for months on end. Um, he spent, he, he wasted a lot of money. He gave money to his family members. Um, he gave money to people on the street, to homeless people. He He was just out of control. And it would not surprise me if he did waste or... Are you, are you saying that you're giving him uh, the excuse and uh, he can come, says he's insane? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. I'm glad case, he's helping homeless case people. Closed, case closed, <laughs> not guilty. He goes to the insane asylum and sp- six years from now he comes out. <laughs> six Speaking, years from now they'll start investigating okay. him based on the way they've been handling Miranda, it. <laughs> depending on who's president. That's true. That's okay. true. Well, living on the state, whether living in the White House or living in the insane asylum. Yeah, exactly. Some might say it's the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> Judge Weinberg. <laughs> Miranda, it's Richard Weinberg. Speaking about insane conduct, what happened on the White House lawn the other day, which uh, totally shocks the conscience? Well, isn't it disgusting? We, we had um, Joe Biden decides to hold a pride celebration, and he um, invites a whole bunch of basically transgender exhibitionists from TikTok and they do what they do, which is have a strip strip show in the middle of the White House lawn and just, you know, filming it in front of the White House, just an absolute disgrace. Uh, meanwhile, Joe Biden um, is standing up on stage in front of these flags that he's had put up on the White House in violation of the US flag code with this transgender flag um, in pride of place next to the American flag, not meant to do that. And then he also tells this group, this is like a week after Memorial Day and the the 75th anniversary of D-Day, Joe Biden says, you have more courage than anybody that I've met in recent times. And you just think, oh, boy, what is he doing? And Miranda, real quick, because uh, we're going to uh, we just have a few seconds here. There, Somebody also took off their top. I mean, for all the all the criticisms of Trump, I think what happened at the White House this week outranks it. My goodness. <laughs> well, a lot of them took off their tops and they had fake breasts and uh, and mastectomy scars. I mean, it was it was a very bad fake breast. Don't you don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking this is, about. This is your return to normalcy that President Biden pledged in his inaugural address. Is that correct? Oh, good shot. Miranda, yeah, thank you, Miranda. You don't have to answer that, Miranda. <laughs> Miranda, thank you. What a week it has thank been you. at the White House. Wow. Bye-bye. Thank you, Miranda, very much. And everybody, when we come back, uh, Larry Kudlow, John, lots of stuff on the economy. And also Roger Stone is going to join us for a little tease He's got a big show coming up on Sunday, and he's going to join us to talk about that. That and more on Cats and Cosby. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And, John, we are back. And Larry Kudlow now joins us here on Cats Larry and Cosby. Larry the country's leading economist and uh, uh, we're all concerned about inflation, but it looks like it's coming down. And what I'm concerned about is the threat of interest rates continuing to go up from, uh, from Powell because if they're going to, I mean, the real estate industry is in trouble. The banks are in deep, uh, uh, doo-doo. And, <laughs> and then the, the, the banks are not lending. 
It's scary. So, Larry Kudlow, what is your concern? We need a special prosecutor for the Fed. <laughs> lock him up. Lock him up. <laughs> a special counsel or something. Uh, inflation is coming down. You know, the indexes are always lagging indicators. You know, you look at the money supply. You look at commodity prices, uh, even energy, right? The Saudis. $68 a barrel, Larry. Yep. I, I knew you were going to say that. And that's right. That's important. Uh, commodities are down. The curve, the yield curve is very deeply inverted. So I think uh, inflation will be slowly descending. Absolutely. So it would be good if the Fed held. I mean, they don't have to really do anymore. I'm glad they paused. I mean, look at John. The stock market is doing very well. And that's a good indicator uh, of a lot of things because the economy is is weak. I mean, the Atlanta Fed GDP tracker has been marked down after we got retail sales and manufacturing, uh, but which were very soft. So they're only saying 1.8% in the second quarter. And the first quarter was, what, 1.3%. Actually, the last five quarters have been about 1%. So you have a very soft economy just on the cusp of recession and inflation is headed down based on the leading indicators of inflation. So the Fed should not move uh, more based on the evidence and the data we have. And I think that's helped the stock market. And I also think the stock market sees that Joe Biden's in a lot of trouble. I know they're going after Trump and all that. But Biden, Burisma bribery scandal is closing in on him. So I think the market is saying, you know what? Uh, there's a chance for free market capitalism. And speaking of free market capitalism, everybody, I want you to mark this date. This is the birthday of Adam Smith, the father of free market capitalism. Wow. Very important. And you read the article in the Wall Street Journal today. The great Adam Smith, who corresponded with Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin and influenced the Declaration of Independence, growth solves poverty growth helps the non-rich get rich so i think we should celebrate adam smith's birthday why not here here yeah if you had a brother we'd call him the smith brothers <laughs> <laughs> have a drink and in my case have a diet coke but raise a glass for adam smith absolutely it's a good and reason raise, let's raise a glass to all fathers for father's day this sunday Absolutely. Yes. And Larry Absolutely. has the number one Absolutely. show on Saturdays between 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock on WABC, uh, radio.com, 770 on your dial. And uh, Larry, uh, what are you going to be talking about tomorrow in tomorrow's show? Well, we're going to lead with Steve Forbes. I just left him, as a matter of fact. We were just outside in the plaza here at Fox. And we're going to talk about Adam Smith and free market capitalism and why socialism fails. And uh, we'll start with that, and uh, we're going to look at some polls. We're going to look at Burisma. We're going to look at Trump, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to have a great time. Well, Larry, thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you, John. Thank you, Rita. Thanks, everybody. Wow. You know, John, uh, he was also, by the way, just talking about Trump. Did, did you see this thing from No Labels, the group No Labels, that's supposed to be impartial? Tell me, what happened? This is amazing. No Labels, basically, the head of No Labels, one of the chairs. That's a bipartisan group out of Washington. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, I have 
one of the co-chairs coming on my show on Sunday uh, to uh, to be interviewed. And uh, Pat McCrory, right? You have the former, have governor, former governor of governor North Carolina. Of North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. He seems a very, like a very decent guy. Absolutely. What, what did the, uh, another co-chair said something? Yeah, the other co-chair. This is Ben Chavis. He is the Democratic. She, he's the Republican, Pat McCrory, who you have on Sunday. This is the Democratic co-chair, Ben Chavis. Dr. Ben Chavis came out and said that if by spring – that Joe Biden is far ahead. If he's polling far ahead, then we probably don't need to throw in a third party candidate. Well, I right. mean, come on. Wait a minute. I thought no they were supposed been, to be impartial. No, no labels is supposed to be impartial. And that guy being a co-chairman, he shouldn't be saying those things. Yeah, I mean, this is amazing. He's saying, saying, the whole saying organization. Yes. Wait, wait, we got a response from our in-house Democrat. We have Governor David Patterson. What say you? Well, you know. If you have a bipartisan group and you're really trying to, you know, get the American people to think more about uh, our issues and our challenges than the partisanship, which seems to rule all sorts of discussion, you can do that. But when you turn around and then say that if Biden is doing well, well, you just basically endorsed him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Ron Klain, who, of course, was the former chief of staff to Biden, there are reports today that he's been quietly trying to tamp down no labels because they feel if a third party candidate comes in, it's going to take away from Biden. Well, um, so, but I mean, I thought it was supposed to be uh, the, impartial. The logic <laughs> of the third party candidates take away from both candidates and actually win. Yeah, well, exactly. that's, And if the object the is point. not to win. And that's what they're saying well, here. I then think they're biased. After what they've done, we should just cut all communication with them, and then we can call them no cables. Oh. <laughs> By the way, uh, a few minutes ago. Good one, Governor Patterson. While we were on the phone on with uh, Larry Kudlow, I had Roger Stone call in on the other phone. Where Where's that call we took a couple minutes ago? Stopping in today, Roger Stone. Roger, who do you have on your new Sunday show at 3 o'clock on WABC Radio? John, this Sunday I have Trump impeachment lawyer David Schoen, one of the most brilliant lawyers I've ever met. He's going to analyze the Department of Justice's case against Donald Trump. And, of course, uh, since last Sunday when I had President Trump on the show, public response has been incredible. So we're looking forward to a very hard-hitting and, I think, informative show. Well, Roger, I'll be listening at 3 o'clock on WABCRadio.com, 770 on your dial, and worldwide on your iPhone and uh, Alexa app. Thank you so much, Roger. Look forward to it, John. Many thanks. Last Sunday when uh, Roger did a show for WABC, it was the highest ratings WABC ever had on a Sunday. It was a great, he had Donald Trump. It was a great interview, John. He highest was, ratings WABC ever, ever had. And he has Doug Schoen, uh, not Doug Schoen. He has David Schoen. David Schoen. David Schoen, who's a, who's a Trump attorney. He's a great guy. We've had him here on the show. And you're going to have great the, guy. analysis. They're yeah. finally getting the legal analysis of that indictment. And under legal analysis, it falls apart as a true indictment. It becomes more of a PR effort. Absolutely. Big time. Big time. And, and we'll the, the see where truth it goes. Is, I don't know what the truth is anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm scratching my head. I got holes in my head. Well, you know what I'm scratching my head over, John, is is the fact that, OK, it's over classified documents. And we were just talking with Miranda and Larry just brought up too all the money with Burisma. 
Think about all the money Larry Kudlow and Miranda in the last few minutes have been talking about the tens of millions of dollars potentially with Burisma and other companies going to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And we're talking classified documents with Trump. Actually, the classified documents have nothing to do with it. It's just a question of retaining the documents. Well, let's go to a break. And I don't know who's coming in right after the break. It could be Curtis Lee. I think Curtis on this Dodgers. Curtis on this Dodgers uh, situation. The L.A. Dodgers. They're getting dodgy. They're getting dodgy. They want want to honor. What is sisters? They want to honor. It's called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. It sounds good, John. Perpetual indulgence. Does that mean they're screwing all the time? Yeah, basically, that's what they're doing. Can you believe they are basically honoring this group on Pride Night? Think about and, 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 and it's shocking. I understand they're anti-Christian, they are anti-Catholic. Anti- yes, and and all these Catholics across the country, well, John, are what, protesting. Let's see what Curtis has to say. Let's take that break so we can come back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than fifty percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts. All right, and okay. We got we got Curtis Lewa here, and you've heard what's going on in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. They're taking these women or whatever. In, 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 what do they call them? Uh, they're uh, they're a drag group, however you want to call them, <laughs> and they are they're the sisters no, they, of perpetual indulgence. And John, what this, is the sisters of perpetual indulgence? What are they in, perpetually indulging in? I saw them years ago <laughs> in San Francisco, where they started with the guardian angels. I saw them. They run around. They make fun of nuns. Uh, they're trans uh, transgenders who dress up like nuns. And uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are honoring them for their philanthropic work on as part of Gay Pride Month. Uh, Curtis, can I say one thing? Just because I looked at the video of what they do, uh, and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm open-minded. I, I was blushing. It is disgusting. They are literally, basically, like using a cross as a as a stripper pole and doing what you can imagine to a cross. It's disgusting. No, you're absolutely okay. right. And you would say the Los Angeles Lakers, excuse me, the Los Angeles Dodgers have multiple owners. Someone you know, Magic Johnson. Uh, his uh, son is gay. Billie Jean King, the great tennis star, she's gay. The vice president of operations actually got married on the field at Chavez Ravine a year ago to a man. Nobody cares about that. Listen, nobody cares about gays. I mean, you know. Right, but you right, see, this is not about being. It's not about gays. It's yeah. just about, about respect. Yes. Uh, respect and anti-Christian and anti-Catholic. Yeah, and that's why a lot of these Catholic groups, they're, this is this is not just a typical pride night. These are some of the, like, most questionable well, You know, to me, this behavior. is the equivalent. different. If you're a Republican, it's like Chairman Cox. You don't want to be identified with the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. Uh, we have here David Patterson, the former governor, Mr. Democrat. You don't want to be identified with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, I hope. 
So the point, point is, you don't want to be identified with the most extreme elements who try to attach themselves to you. And that's what these uh, nuns, for God only knows Sisters what. Sisters of the perpetual. And you know, Curtis, too, they were basically warned about it. Because when it first came out that they might be honoring them, they're giving them an award tonight. They're not just having them attend. When it first came out, they basically said, oh, there's all this uproar. And everybody thought they were going to cancel them. And they're back on. They're getting a reward. They are being honored for their, like, it's disgusting, the behavior. It really is. So if it wasn't Pride Night and they went out and did this, it would have been condemned by everybody. Because you are taking a religious group and their deepest religious feelings and uh, in front of an audience that really didn't come there to see that, you're just completely uh, insulting the the people there. And so I think the whole issue about it being Pride Night is almost secondary to the issue of the fact that they shouldn't be on the field at Dodger Stadium for any reason. And guess what? It's also a Christian holiday today, you guys. It's the feast day in the Catholic Church. It's the most sacred heart of Jesus. So all these Catholic leaders are doing a march, a peaceful march, to L.A. Dodger Stadium, telling them exactly what you said, Governor Patterson, that kids shouldn't be attending today's game, this game tonight. You want your young kid going to a game, and that's who's being honored? I mean, Curtis, this is a Catholic holiday. It's uh, (laughs) baseball has totally succumbed. Remember when Black Lives Matter happened? They were taking a knee. They were wearing armbands. Sport has now just been absorbed into this vortex of uh, groups that want to make their point. Sports was a retreat. You would go to a game. You could be a Democrat, Republican. You could support Trump or Biden. Put aside your differences. It was enjoyment. It was entertainment. Now it's tied into the politics of the day. It's only going to hurt the sport. The sport's already hurting. It's just going to hurt them more. Is this their Bud Light moment? Totally. Bud Light, Target, Target, (laughs) all these corporations that uh, are being hurt fiscally. Judge Weinberg? The problem is now, because of the ideologies, there are no safe places to just leave and lead and live a normal life. You can't get away from this stuff. They're constantly fighting these fights. It's amazing. You know, you take your family. You want to go to the ballpark. I went to a stadium. I went to a stadium. I won't tell you which one last Saturday night. Not last Saturday. Yeah, last Saturday night. And every stand was busy. The the bush light stand was empty. Ah, the Bud Light. Bud Light. Bud Bud Light Light. was empty. Wow. Yeah, people are feeling, and I think people people feel that way about the Dodgers. If you are a politician and you go to a ball game, you do not want to get announced because you will get booed. You will get booed. Even I remember a first lady getting booed because she was announced. It is just a matter. Let us enjoy the ball game, period. So what do you think is going to happen tonight, Ed Cox? Because it's the game tonight. So, okay, they come out. We want to give our community service award to this group. We'll see. But I suspect one big loud boo. All right, Curtis, <laughs> what's your prediction? Oh, the Governor Newsom will probably be there and embrace them all. They're all they're all freakazoids and nuts in California. That's why everybody's leaving California. Now, but Curtis, we've now, got uh, so Curtis, many things Curtis, who are the Dodgers playing tonight? San Francisco. Who else? Well, the I Giants. Oh, oh. <laughs> I hope probably have, 
They probably have transgenders on their team. <laughs> By the way, if they could hit 40 home runs, right, and bat 310, they'd Why be not? playing center field for the Giants. <laughs> you know, we got to bring back Riley Gaines to talk you know, about You that. talk about San Francisco. They're rolling up the sidewalks in San Francisco. What a mess. And by the way, speaking of sidewalks, let's talk about subways now, Curtis. Uh, you know, what a, yeah, give us an update. This is amazing. There's been all these cases of late. And of course, the Marine Daniel Penny gets indicted. The hero gets indicted. Well, look at the most recent poll. 70% of New York City residents say crime is worse now than before the lockdown and pandemic. 70%. And that's why you see all these empty buildings. It's no longer COVID-19. It's the fear and reality of crime. So with all these situations of individuals having to take law into their own hands, Penny, we saw the other young man, the 20-year-old who stabbed somebody who was attacking people on the J train, killed him. Well, if there are no cops and there's no public safety and there's no prosecution of these criminals, people are going to take the law into their own hands. And I applaud them. I absolutely applaud them. It's what I did when I started the Guardian Angels in 1979 when there were no police on the subway. You know, it's interesting. No toxicology report yet on the Penny case. That's interesting. Uh, Judge Weinberg, that's significant. We don't know. Absolutely. You want to know whether this guy was hopped up on drugs and you needed, you really needed three people to hold him down. Remember that. And they overcharged this case. This is not manslaughter in a second, which is a reckless disregard. This is because there was no recklessness here. He wasn't being reckless. He maybe can make an argument he was negligent. I don't even think you have that. He only held him down for a few minutes. And unless you have toxicology, you don't know whether the drugs killed him or the, the uh, putting him down on their side. But also, also, Rita, think of this. Uh, there was that horrific shooting in Nashville by the transgender. That's a rarity that we see a transgender do that kind of carnage. We've been told you can't see the manifesto that the transgender had because it is so awesome. It would literally destroy the fabric of America. Hey, let's see the manifesto. I trust people. Let's get yeah. the toxicology report on Jordan Neely. The people have a right to know. Yeah, get the facts out there. Exactly, because we know he was smoking K2. His own aunt, who's suing uh, Penny, Daniel Penny now, on behalf of the estate, she said, well, every time I'd see him, he was smoking K2. Which is which makes you hallucinate, makes you feel like sort of Superman. Oh, neurologically, it, it causes you to just completely lose all control of your mental faculties. Now, the, the toxicology report will have to be available for the trial, right? Oh, it's got to be. It should yes, be available yes, now. Yeah, yeah. It should be available now. There's no reason. No, well, I, I don't Curtis, disagree with that. I'm just saying that in the no, end, no, David, we you're will absolutely know. right. Yeah. You have to have it for the trial. Yeah, ultimately, but Curtis, we should know now. Thank you for coming on. Anything you want to say before we go? We have Tom DiNapoli is waiting on the other line. He wants to tell us how the tax uh, revenues are going in our city and our state. I would ask Tom, I know him many years. He's a good guy, Tom. About yes. an investigation of what happened to the one and a half billion dollars from Thrive. Remember that Bill de Blasio and Charlene had. Isn't that under the city controller? Uh, no. Uh, AG, Tish James could investigate. The Napoli could. Now that the walls are falling in on de Blasio, we need an investigation. I think it went to his security, I think. Uh, Panama, <laughs> let's see, Switzerland, Antigua, the Cayman Islands. You know, come on, my husband and Lord David Patterson. Well, Where on, is guys. it? A, a third of it's Where's gonna, the money? A third on. of it's going to go to pay back the use of the uh, police vehicles during his presidential campaign. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Bring back Tom DeNapoli. Thank you, Curtis, very much. And uh, joining us now 
is the great Tom DiNapoli, 54th Comptroller of the state of New York. Uh, Mr. Comptroller, thank you. Um, we got to get through these numbers. Give us the lowdown. They just came out. I know we had you on before when it showed just uh, a huge And by drop. the way, New Jersey today yes. was down 20%. That's a huge amount. And it was, what, 39.9, remember, I, John, when we were talking last time with uh, Tom DiNapoli. Yeah, what do you have now? One of the challenges, Rhea, John, and, and, and Governor, and Ed, and, and, and Judge, uh, is, you know, looking at the numbers, comparing it to a year ago, comparing it to projections. As Governor Patterson remembers, after the budget's done, there's an updated financial plan. And because of the bad news we talked about last month, the financial plan has lowered expectations for tax receipts by $5 billion each year for the rest of the financial plan. So what we're seeing now is that year to date, the biggest tax source for the state is the personal income tax. And it is down year to date about, you know, over well over 40%. So it really is wow. seeing softness. Much of that is because the stock market and fewer capital gains uh, being collected. John uh, is always concerned about sales tax statewide. Slight increase, a little over 1%. Normally, we, we've seen much healthier growth. We see that growth now slowing. For the city, when you look at the whole numbers, it's basically been flat from April to May. So I, I think it's really signs of a lot of uncertainty out there. What it means for the state is that the out-year budget gaps are now projected next year to, to be uh, raised up to over $9 billion, close to $14 billion a year after that. As you know, the city's got financial out-year gaps. So the city and state are fine at the moment, but, but there are a lot of clouds on the horizon and it really means we need to be very, very careful about monitoring spending and revenue. Both yeah, that's, in the city a, and the state. that's yep. a lot. Uh, and everybody, we're talking to New York State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli. Tom, um, what is the impact, too, I mean, in terms of services to individuals? I mean, let's talk about what the impact means to everyday New Yorkers. Well, I get uh, the good news piece, even though these numbers are, are of concern, the state also has put aside an historic level of reserve. So in terms of the the cash balance right now and money put aside for economic uncertainties, we certainly are in a position now where I don't think anybody's going to be talking about service cuts. I think the bigger issue is going to be what will it look like, you know, two or three months from now, and what will it mean? Because before you know, we're going to be planning next year's budget, right? Uh, Governor Patterson remembers how quickly one budget year goes into the next. <laughs> you may have some very tough choices about next year's budget because wow. there, were, there were many spending commitments, a lot in mental health now that weren't there before. Certainly, education, health care. The Medicaid rolls, are they going to go down if this economy continues to be very sluggish? That's a very big expense in the state budget. If those rolls don't go down as anticipated, well, you know what? There's going to be uh, a need to figure out how do we pay for the services that uh, New Yorkers have been expecting. Um, You know, Tom, uh, before, um, and I know Ed and uh, the Gov and the judge have a whole bunch of questions for you, too. Um, We talked about this when you and I were talking and John, when we were talking uh, what was it, about a month ago or so, obviously. And what about the cost of migrants? How much is it costing the state? What, what is the estimated? Well, I mean, you know, the the, the total tab, and, and this is obviously uh, a work in progress, right? Because the, you know, the, Governor Hochul has put some money aside. I'm not sure how much has actually gotten to the city at this point. The feds have put some money and they announced uh, some more money, but it, it's not expected to, to cover it all. The, the 2023 
uh, costs are expected to be 1.4 billion by June 30th. Uh, by next summer, over 4 billion. So uh, that that is a big is a big number, and obviously um, the state is not in a position to fund it all for the city. And Washington has been a little slow in responding to the requests. I know. Uh, the, the congressional delegation led by Chuck Schumer came up with a little more help, but the, the numbers keep growing. More migrants keep coming. So this is, uh, is going to be a, one of those costs that a year ago wasn't anticipated in all these budget plans. Yeah, absolutely. Ed so, Cox? Um, uh, yeah, Ed, Ed Cox. Uh, do the most economists are projecting a recession? Some say mild, some say deep, but uh, certainly uh, end of this year, early next year, do the financial projections take a recession into account? Yeah, I think they do uh, at this point, and that's why they took down at the state level. They took down that, that five billion uh, in in uh, expected drop in in receipts, and that is based on an expectation at some point there'll be recession. The challenge Ed, is that they've been projecting this this uh, shallow recession for a while, and it really hasn't happened yet. And that's one of the challenges now. That I mean, the, the economic data is so contradictory. But we uh, America- know Interest rates are still higher than we'd like them to be. Inflation is still too high. They are, they are hiring people, but I, I think the sales tax slowdown in that revenue source means people are not spending as much. I think people are well, very concerned about where it's all headed. A lot of people are not here. Uh, you know, um, they come back on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, yep. and, and they're out of town Monday and Friday. It's a big issue for the city. It's, it's a big issue. big issue for the city. And this congestion pricing. It, it affects the restaurants. It affects, you know, retail big time. That hasn't uh, certainly come back. We, we have a fair amount of tourists back in the city. We don't have all the, the tourists from overseas. Tom, although Tom we Dinapoli, the pandemic. It's gonna, this congestion pricing is going to hurt more than p- people know. Well, I mean, it's a tough issue because the MTA, as we all know, is, has, has really had big financial issues. They seem to be getting back on their feet. But a big part of the capital plan assumes that congestion pricing will generate the revenue. So if congestion pricing doesn't happen because of opposition, uh, we got to figure out how to plug that hole in the capital plan. And that's not going to be Yeah, easy. But, but, but we didn't create the problem. The, the people are not paying. Yeah. They should solve that problem. Governor Patterson would say you. It's going to be very difficult, in my opinion, Tom, to hit the projections that the congestion pricing will uh, bring in particularly because of so many open spaces that used to be office buildings in the city, the fact that the businesses in the city suffer because there aren't enough people there, and it's combining to what I think will be a real disappointment if they uh, begin congestion pricing. When uh, Mayor Bloomberg first talked about it in 2008, it was a different – we lived in a different place then. But what uh, I think we could be facing now is an inability to close that gap. Well, let me tell you something. San Francisco is in deep doodle. The, 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 the hotels are closing down. The businesses the, uh, are fleeing. Businesses are fleeing. My friend that owns, uh, uh, what is it, Gumps, uh, he's closing down, I think. And, and it, it, it's, it's crazy. Chicago, they're going to roll up the sidewalks there. New York is still not bad shape, but it's going to get worse. We, we have we have our struggles and and the the economy we we need it to hold up. We need New York. We we need Wall Street to come back. I mean, you know, the numbers have been a little better this month than other months, but you know, uh, 
all of these pieces uh, right now are not coming together as quickly as, as we thought. We're not we're not out of the impact of the COVID economy yet. We got a ways to go. Tom DiNapoli, thank you for coming on, and I, I pray for uh, uh, our cities. I pray I pray for San Francisco, Chicago, New York. For all. Hey, John, let me have one more prayer, because Rita always does a wonderful job with Back the Blue in her segment at night. One of our uh, dedicated troopers uh, was shot and wounded at a routine traffic stop this afternoon. Trooper Richard Alpert, say a prayer for him. He's going to be fine, it looks like. Hopefully he'll be out of the hospital wow. soon. But a reminder that uh, uh, our troopers and those in law enforcement, they never know what's going to happen when they respond to a call. Oh. We'll say it. We'll Absolutely. all say a prayer for him. And I'll make sure I give him a shout-out tonight on the show at 10 o'clock, too, John. Too. Great. Thank you. I'm glad you told me that. And Thank you. We're going to go to a break and uh, we're going to come back with uh we've got uh keith kellogg and by the way i also we should give a shout out also a to big John. shout yeah. out to michael zwirling uh k in california k s k uh, k s c o by the way he's and, and they are in some of the most beautiful places in america by the way yes. uh community monterey uh, santa clara show. santa cruz counties we are so thrilled they're ca- they're carrying the show they're carrying the cats and cosby show in california and um, thank you, and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in person. Absolutely. Some of the most beautiful places in California. Bravo to Let's you Let's go to that break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And, John, wow, the Biden administration quietly reviving talks with Iran not telling anybody, and this comes as we boy are appeasing also China. Secretary say Blinken's on his way there now, and joining us to talk about all of this and the Biden strategy of it looks like appeasement, appeasement, appeasement is Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. Uh, he is a former National Security Advisor to Vice President Pence and also to then President Trump. Uh, General Kellogg, we love having you on the show. What do you make first off of the fact that the Biden administration quietly reviving talks with Iran, especially of all times? Yeah, Rita, thanks for having me. Look, I'm not surprised. I mean, this is their standard operating procedure. Um, it, they really don't have a plan for anything. And appeasement seems to be right in their wheelhouse. And I say that with a capital A, not a, not a little a as well. Look, w- when you look at their the pattern of what they have done, and I re- I'm a big believer of reading patterns. You know, everybody does personal patterns where you go shop, where you buy gas, whatever you do, and also professional patterns and uh, of what you do when you, when you lead. And his pattern is one of basically not having the making the right decisions at any time. I and mean, this is the same individual, Biden, that his national, national security team, especially Bob Gates, said has been wrong on national, nearly every national security decision in the last 40 years. And it's just another example of where he's reaching out. He doesn't have America's best interest at heart. The Iranians are heading to, towards a nuclear breakout. I wouldn't be surprised if when they, within a year they've got a nuclear breakout. But look, this, this is an area, let's use the Middle East, that we've kind of walked away from. It used to be our kind of backyard and recently, there was a peace deal between Iran and uh, Saudi Arabia, and it was brokered by the Chinese, not by us. So this is their way of kind of saying, well, we're trying to say, mother, may I, and it's not working. I'm a, look, most of these other nations, they try to influence through power politics and power projection. And we respond with platitudes. We don't really respond at all with, with hard power or in, in integrated power or whole of government power. And I think it's a real problem for us, not only in, in Iran, but it's with China, it's with Russia, 
soon to be North Korea as well. And one of these days, terrorism is going to raise its ugly head as well. That's scary. Wow. Uh, General Keith Kellogg, um, you know, as we're talking about all this, uh, Secretary of State Blinken is going to Beijing this weekend. And and we've already heard, what is it, the foreign minister, I think, recently uh, from China, basically telegraphed what he thinks of America. And it sounds like he's going to berate Blinken. And we haven't done anything. We had the spy balloon coming across our country, going over the U.S. military facilities, getting intel. We did nothing. Um, I'm thinking about the China, the spy stations, you know, uh, set up now one in Cuba. We're not doing anything. I mean, I mean, this is really scary. Yeah, you know, this is a, what I said earlier, you know, this is the way the Chinese operate. It's through power projection and provocation, and we don't respond at all, except, as I said, the minimal platitudes. And because we don't really have a plan. And, and I really, it sounds harsh, but it's really true. You know, when you look at everything that we're doing in the national security realm, we're kind of reacting to event, to event, to event, instead of in a long-range plan. And I was talking to somebody earlier. I said, you know, the last time we really did something that really had a good plan was back actually in the 50s when National Security Council Memorandum 68 came out, which was a 60-page document that talked about then the containment of the Soviet Union. It was about objectives and policies and programs against the, the Soviet Union at the time. And we need to go back with that and looking at a whole-of-government approach to how we operate w- with China and kind of go back to what that we did with NST 68, which lasted for 20 years through multiple administrations, both Democrat and Republican, because it was designed to say, okay, as a, as a government, this is how we're going to respond to them. So it was well thought through. But does well, Biden have the teeth? Well does through. Biden I'm have sorry. the teeth, General? Does he have the teeth to do that? No, uh, that's <laughs> that's the hard question, Rita. He doesn't. He doesn't have the people to do it. Uh, I, I don't think he's got the smart team to do it. I mean, he's the guy who's supposed to bring adults back in the room and didn't do it. We've got less than a minute camp. left. The one important the question. One less yeah. than a minute left. One important question: the nuclear uh, bombs they put or, or in. Uh, Belarus. Belarus. What's the story? Well, John, what they're really doing is they're putting what they call, it's a terrible term to use, tactical nuclear weapons. That's low-yield nuclear weapons. But they're not going to, uh, Belarus uh, is really a loose, loose partner. I wouldn't be too I, concerned I, about that. I was told I was told that uh, uh, they put them there, but they didn't give Belarus people the codes. So Russia's got the codes still for it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I I think that's a. Uh, I'm not too worried about Belarus. I'm more worried about what Putin's going to do with his own forces. Wow, uh, General Keith Kellogg, thank you. You're thank terrific. You so much, thank General. you so much, General. And uh, thank, thank you. And what what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, the American, American way. way. Have a great weekend. Have a great Father's Day, and uh, God bless America. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.